0: Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to have our meeting today. We glorify your name even as we continue with our study on the book of Haggai. Indeed, as we continue to discuss when you rehearse things in our memories, things that we rather forget, we pray that, Lord, you will build us up and give us understanding so that at the end of everything, Lord, we will not throw away the blessings that you are bringing to us, but indeed those blessings will be with us and will increase in us. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. So I'm going to read again Haggai chapter 2, from verse 10 to verse 19. Haggai chapter 2, from verse 10 to verse 19. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts. Now ask the priests concerning the law, saying, If one carries holy meat, In the fold of his garment and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil or any food. Will it become holy? Then the priests answered and said no. And Haggai said, if one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priests answered and said, it shall be unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is this people and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. And now carefully consider from this day forward, from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days, when one came to a heap of twenty ephahs, there were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw out fifty baths from the press, there were but twenty. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail in all the labors of your hands. Yet you did not turn to me, says the Lord. Consider now from this day forward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit, but from this day I will bless you. May the Lord bless the written of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. We began to look at when God rehearses things we would rather forget the last time. We saw how God was repeating and rehearsing things in the memory of the people who were listening and we noted that when God is repeating things like this, it is because he wants to do something that is bigger than we can even anticipate. It is because God wants to bless us in such a way that he doesn't want that blessing to fail. And then we spoke about the fact that when God is repeating the things that we have done before, it is not because he wants to condemn us. Rather, it's because he wants to convince us not to do them again. We noted that we are only condemned when we refuse to act on what God is telling us. And so we came to a conclusion when we said that we should revisit areas that God may have been speaking to us, but that we would not on our own want to remember. And I'm trusting God that the Lord has met us at a point of need and that indeed our painful past will be a thing of the past forever. Today we want to conclude on when God rehearses things that we would rather forget. We want to see why He does those things and how we can benefit from them. So number one, when God rehearses things that we would rather forget, it is because He does not want us to repeat those things again and transgress against Him again. After the Lord Jesus Christ had healed the man who was at the pool of Bethesda for about 38 years, and the man carried his mat and was walking all over the temple. The Lord Jesus Christ met him again in the temple and told him that he should be careful that he does not do the same thing and have something worse happen to him. The Lord once told about a man out of whom a demon was driven out, and he said instead of that man to have been able to go and sort things out in his life, that is, build his life with the word of God. The man did not do anything. So the demon who was driven out said, well, let me revisit the place where I was driven out from. Let me see whether there is still space for me. And he got there and discovered that the place was empty. He discovered that the man had not done anything. He had not put the word of God in there. The place was empty. So the demon went and got seven other demons worse than himself, and they re-entered the man. And the Lord said that the latter end of that man was worse than his beginning. It would have been better for that man not to have been touched at all than what happened to him afterwards. So it is the same thing here. The Lord is saying, yes, I will forgive sin, but don't go back to that sin that I've forgiven because when you go back, something worse is going to happen to you. A second reason why God will rehearse things that we would rather forget is because he is about to bless us and does not want us to lose our blessings afterward. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22, "The blessings of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it." God does not bless us and then we have sorrow with the blessing. When God blesses, he wants us to enjoy the blessing. But he knows that if we go back to sin again, we will lose that blessing and sorrow will come upon us. So he keeps rehearsing the past so that we don't go back in that way. We can receive the fullness of His blessing and enjoy that blessing. A third reason is because human memory is short when it comes to the things of God. And so we need to be reminded every time about the things of God. This is one of the reasons why we encourage people to read the Bible every day. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul was writing about Holy Communion and he rehearsed what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the night in which he was betrayed. He spoke of how he took bread and broke it and gave to his disciples, and how he took the cup of the blood of the new covenant and gave them to drink. And he noted that the reason why we are doing this is so that we can remember the Lord Jesus Christ, the sufferings he went through, how he bought our salvation with his blood. So Holy Communion was actually instituted so that we will never forget that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Unfortunately, many people have turned Holy Communion into something else as if it is for a healing purpose, rather than for the purpose of remembering why Jesus Christ came, that He died for us. When God instituted the Passover, which is the shadow of the Holy Communion, which is the substance, He told Israel, He said, You must eat this Passover and remind your children, of how God delivered you out of Egypt and brought you into this land safely. And the reason God did that was so that they will remain in that land of blessing that he has brought to them. Unfortunately, they did not observe the Passover, neither did they remind their children of God's blessings and other things, and so they ended up going into exile and they lost the blessing of the land. Before Peter died, Peter said to the people he was writing to, he said, as long as I am alive, I will continue to remind you about the word of God so that you will not forget and you can live in the present truth. So because of human memory that is short, we must be reminded every time and again about the word of God. A fourth reason why God is repeating or why God will be repeating things that we would rather forget is because he wants us to rest assured in his promises If you read the book of Genesis, you will find that God kept repeating his promises to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And God continued to repeat these things because he wanted them to be assured that the promises he has made, he will keep them. So when God is repeating his word in our hearing, it is because he wants us to be assured that the promises he has made in the Bible, he is not just able to keep it, but that he will do it. That brings us to the fifth reason, and that is that God wants us to remember that what he says he will do, he will certainly do. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 17, Amalek came and attacked Israel from behind, destroying the weak ones, the people who were struggling behind, and Moses had to get Joshua to fight against the Amalekites. At the end of that battle, God told Moses to write for Joshua to remember that he will avenge what Amalek did to Israel. So we can understand now why God was so angry with King Saul when he sent King Saul to go and destroy Amalek. And instead, King Saul preserved Agag and some of the other people because King Saul was trying to make God to be a liar when he said, I will destroy Amalek. And when God sent him to go and destroy Amalek, he did not do that. It was David, in his own reign, who had to destroy the Amalekites, fulfilling the word of God. Finally, God will rehearse the things that we would rather forget because he wants us to understand that when we sin, we will suffer unnecessarily, but that when we repent, he will restore us. He spoke through a prophet in 2 Chronicles, telling them about what happened in Israel, how Israel abandoned God, how they did not have any teaching priests, and how they refused to observe the law of God. And he said that at that time, there was no peace to anyone in that place. Nobody could go out and come and be sure that he would come back. There was turmoil everywhere. There was trouble everywhere. Tribes fought against tribes, nations against nations. Everything was upside down. But he said that when they turned and returned to God, He now restored them back to the place that he wanted for them. God does not want us to be repeating the sins that he has delivered us from so that we don't suffer unnecessarily. Yes, there is a suffering in Christ. God does not want us to suffer the suffering that is not in Christ. He wants us to suffer for Christ, but not the suffering because of sin. And so because of that, he is warning us and rehearsing things over and over again so that we don't get into that kind of sin again. Let me conclude now. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I'll read verse 6 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 and verse 11. Verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Paul was writing to the Corinthians here and telling them that Israel of old in the wilderness enjoyed the full blessings of God. They ate manna, they drank from the rock, which was Christ. They had all the spiritual blessings, but God was upset with many of them and many of them died in the wilderness. And then he says that God does not want us to live the way they lived so that we don't have the same kind of problems that they had in our own time. He spoke about how they went into idolatry and God killed some of them. How they went into sexual immorality and God killed some of them. How they tempted God and He used a serpent to destroy them. How they complained and murmured and God destroyed them. We the Christians today are in a wilderness. The world that we are in is a wilderness. Our promised land is heaven. Whilst we are here on the earth, God is blessing us with all kinds of blessings, but he does not want us here on the earth. He wants us to come to him in heaven. And so God continues to repeat the things that Israel did wrong in the Old Testament, not so that we will repeat them, but so that we will learn from them and not make the same mistakes they made. And so that we will get to heaven and not just die off here on the earth. It is better to learn from the mistakes of others than to learn from your own mistakes. Because sometimes when you make a mistake, you may not be able to return from a mistake that you have made. And so it is better to learn from the mistakes of other people than to repeat their own mistake. That is why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, he said, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. God continues to repeat his word in our hearing. When we go to church on Sunday, he repeats the word of God. When we study the word on our own, he repeats the word of God. When we are driving somewhere and we are listening to messages, he's repeating the word. Why? He does not want us to repeat the mistakes that others have made and have missed heaven. Sometimes Christians get upset. They say, we have heard this thing before. Why can't we hear something new? Let me tell you, my brothers and my sisters, there is nothing new to listen to. It is the word of God we must listen to. The word of God is new every day. The Bible says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. This is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the wilderness, God continued to send manna to Israel, even though they did not like it because they felt it was too common. For 40 years, they were eating the same thing. But as they were complaining against it, God began to kill them because they were rejecting the provision of God. My prayer is that we will not reject the provision of God and think that it is just common because we are receiving it every day. I want us to brace up so that anytime we read the word of God and we are hearing it over and over again, we now understand why. It is because God wants to bless us and he wants us not to lose that blessing. And that is exactly what he said to the priests in the book of Haggai. He promised them that he wants to begin to bless them. And I trust that in the same way, prophetically, God wants to begin to bless us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Help us to understand that your word is not something that is common, but that your word is always fresh every day. May we not lose the blessings that you are bringing to us just because we think it does not compare to what the world is offering. I pray, Lord, that you will help our memories to be alert and alive as we study your word. Help us, Lord, to be assured of your promises, knowing that you are a faithful God. And deliver us, Lord, from the evil one, and let us not enter into temptation. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.